Hi, it's episode 142, and today we're talking with a home organizer. And as a messy person, this conversation makes me a little nervous. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's Danae, and this is episode 142. Today, I'm talking with professional home organizer, Rachel Rosenthal. This is the first time I've ever had a home organizer on the podcast, and that's mostly because I don't tend to be very organized. And I think this is an important distinction for people to understand that just because you're a minimalist and you have fewer things doesn't mean that you are necessarily tidier or less messy by nature, because I know that's not true for me. I have a really hard time sticking with any sort of complex organizational system. So having fewer things has been a godsend for me as far as keeping our house tidier and lighter. So Rachel and I are talking about these things today, minimalism versus organizing, and some of her favorite tips to get started. But first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Simple Contacts. And when I first took this sponsor on last year, I thought to myself, a mail order contact company. This sounds a little boring, but it's proved to be one of the sponsors that has been the most interesting and most well-loved by my audience members. Because here's the thing, it's not just a mail order contact company. It's incredibly convenient. So the Simple Contacts app has a vision test built into it. It takes less than five minutes. So rather than having to make a yearly appointment to go to the optometrist to get your eyes examined, you can simply renew your contact lens prescription on the app. The vision test is only $20 and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And the prices for the contact lenses are unbeatable. So I know that you probably have a million things that are demanding your time and getting a babysitter or getting out of work to get to a contact lens appointment isn't always easy. So I encourage you to give Simple Contacts a try. If you go to simplecontacts.com forward slash simple20 and use the code simple20 at checkout, you'll get $20 off. Again, that's simplecontacts.com forward slash simple20 and use the code simple20 at checkout and you'll get $20 off. But remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Give it a try. I think you're going to love it. Back to today's episode. I hope you enjoy my chat with Rachel Rosenthal. Rachel has been in the professional home organizing business in the DC area for over 10 years, really before organizing even caught on and became popular. Rachel is a mom herself, and her experience and insight are so helpful. If you have questions or comments, or you want to find the links to the things that Rachel and I are talking about today, go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 142. Here's the episode. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I am excited to talk to you about organizing. And even though we talk a lot about minimalism on the podcast, I've actually never had a home organizer on the podcast before. Well, I'm excited to be the first one. (laughs) Yeah. And frankly, it kind of scares me a little bit because I am very unorganized, which is why I need to be a minimalist is because when I have stuff, I don't ever put it away. So I'm a little intimidated by the idea of a home home organizer. Do you get that a lot? I get that. But don't be, um, because you are in the same boat as literally everybody else. And you know, I tell people when I work with them, I'm not there to judge them or shame them. I'm actually there to help them. 
and you are not alone. I've been doing this, you know, for almost 11 years. And so it should be something that is comfortable, you know, to be working with me and <laughs> not a, but not a punishment. Yeah. And 11 years that's before organizing and minimalism became trendy. So how did you get started down this road? Uh, well, I went to law school. It wasn't a, you know, first decision. Um, and then I just decided I could use my type A skills uh, to do something else. And that would be extremely beneficial to everyone you know, around me and just started at night and on the weekends and then decided to make the jump. Um, and I've been doing you know, professional organizing ever since uh, with people around the DC metro area. Okay. And you do work online as well, right? I do. Yes. Work online. Uh, we have an online course uh, that we have. We sell uh, meal planning pads and to-do pads. So we have other ways to work together with everyone who is not necessarily in you know, the DC area for physical organization. Um, you can get organized, especially with our e-course, uh, very easily. Okay. Well, that is good to know. I feel like not everyone is in a position financially or just not really ready to commit to having someone come into their house to getting organized. And I feel like it is a big task and sometimes we try to take it on alone. Do you, what, what is your recommendation on that? Do you feel like you should organize with a friend or something you should really focus on by yourself? What do you think? Yes. So I'm a big believer in actually bringing someone else into the situation when you are going to organize, who's not necessarily emotionally attached to your stuff. And so whether that be a spouse, another organizer, a friend, someone else, you are going to get a lot more done when you have someone else there. And that person can be your cheerleader. That person can give you opinions, you know, do these genes really you know, look good on me. Does, do I really need this strainer in my kitchen? They're going to have opinions um, that are not like yours that will actually motivate you and help the process go a lot faster than if you were to work on your own. Uh, Cause we left on our own, you know, I think we can make up excuses or reasons to keep things or, um, you know, just different thinking patterns of why we need to keep something, why we shouldn't do this. So actually having another person's opinion is extremely helpful. I think. Yeah. I don't know about the spouse though. I'm thinking when you're saying that, I'm thinking I'm not emotionally attached to my spouse's stuff, but I'm also not invited into the decluttering process with him or the organizing process. So maybe that's part of it. When you're inviting someone in, you're also inviting their opinions in. So I find that I am not attached to things like my husband's 1995 Zippo lighter from the World Cup in France, but he is very attached to it. <laughs> and I yes. I tend to want to downsize things like that, things that don't have any sentimental meaning to me. Um, but I try to remind myself that just because it doesn't mean anything specifically to me doesn't mean that doesn't mean something to somebody else in my family. Absolutely. And you and your husband obviously have different styles. You know, everyone has different personalities um, and what you're going to keep. And so I think I tell people, you know, your family members best. It's the same thing with, you know, mothers and their children. If you need an outside unopinionated, you know, person who is not necessarily part of the family, then I tell people that's when you should reach out for help. Or if it's something that you can't do on your own, that's when you're looking to a professional organizer uh, you know, to help you, um, and, or having a course that you can go to online and say, okay, I can do it at my own pace, but there's someone guiding me and who's an expert who, you know, I can present to my husband and say, Hey, look, <laughs> we're supposed to be doing this, or let's just try to follow this. It's, it's another opinion, um, which is a professional one kind of getting into that, 
space with you guys. I think that's a good idea because emotional attachment to stuff is a very real thing. And I think it, it happens on all different levels for us. When I was growing up, I was really emotionally attached. I collected everything. I had a ton of collections. I had a ton mm-hmm. of clutter as a result. Um, but everything felt important. And I always had this fear that I was going to need something in the future, right? I don't want to get rid of it because I might yes. need it someday. Do you see that a lot? All the time. Um, I tell people that every single thing, every physical thing has some sort of emotional attachment and it might not be as strong, you know, let's say it's shoes or paper or books or whatever. It's probably not strong for all of those things. Um, however, there is an emotional attachment and every time we have physical clutter, physical stuff, it creates an emotional reaction that might be stress, that might be sadness, that might be anxiety, whatever it is, but all of our stuff impacts our emotional well-being. Um, so I talk about that a lot and work with people a lot um, on that because, again, all this stuff has some sort of emotional impact on our lives. It does. And it's not so straightforward. And I've told this story on no. the podcast before, but I a few months ago, we, I was washing the placemats in my kitchen. And I looked at my husband and I said, because I didn't grow up using placemats, but my husband grew up in a placemat mm-hmm. family. And it was always just kind of implied that we were going to use placemats too. And I had been for years now, since my, my son has just turned five. So I've been washing these placemats repeatedly and I stopped. It was just literally, I think it was this summer. I stopped and asked my husband, I was like, why is it that we have placemats? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what are we doing with these? Like, what is the point of these? And he told me, he's like, well, actually it's so that you don't have to wash the whole table. You just have to wash the placemat. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. when was the last time I didn't have to wash the table and the placemat when you have young kids? Like it's getting like the mess is not restricted to the placemat. So it's just, and I, and I told myself at that point, I was like, you know what? I need to question these things just because Mm -hmm. it's something we've always done. Doesn't mean that it makes sense for us right now. Like someday, maybe we're going to be a placemat family again, but today we're not a placemat family and that's got to be okay. Right. (laughs) Yes. I think, look, we are used to doing things based on how we were raised or based on, oh, cause we've been doing it for years in our own family or made new traditions. But I think looking at things that are coming into your house that are in your house currently is a big part of this decluttering and organizing process because we think we need it all, right? Everything that's in our house, everything that we've brought into the house. But when you come and start questioning those things or questioning systems, you know, why do we keep the stuff in the pantry over here? Because we've been doing it that way for years. That might not always be the right answer or something that's going to make you feel good as a family, as a person. And there might be changes that need to be involved to create that new system, that new way of organizing. Right. So I have in my living room, I have a sofa with three throw pillows and, um, a little throw blanket on it. Mm. A throw blanket? Is that the right word? Like a small blanket. Okay. So I have three pillows and a blanket on there. And every time someone sits on it, it, it's all in disarray and it needs put back together. And to Mm. me, my living room doesn't look organized and it doesn't look like it's clean unless those pillows and that blanket are in the right place. So finally, I was just like, I'm just going to put these in the closet because every day I walk by like six times a day, like fixing the pillows. And it's kind of in some ways, very, very small ways, sucking the life out of me. And so I put them in the closet. And of course, my husband was like, where are the pillows? And he got them right back (laughs) out. So we haven't quite decided on whether or not the pillows and the blanket are going to stay on the sofa or not. But it's but that kind of experience is really making me second guess 
the the time that our stuff drains out of us. Sure, it just takes 30 seconds to, fi- to fix the pillows. But when I'm doing that six times a day, six or seven days right. a week, like that's, that's a lot. Yes. Um, and I'm a big believer in everyone always says, oh, organize, organizing is going to take so much time. It's going to be this, you know, hour long thing always. And and the answer is the first time, yes, it might be longer because you haven't organized your house in 10 years since you've been there. However, it should become a way of life. And it's not a way of life that you have to spend 30 seconds doing this every day, a minute doing this, 10 minutes doing that. It's a way of life so that you can go off and do other things that you want to do, be with your family, work, you know, do some other hobby, but not that you are searching for different things or spending hours color coding things or lining things up. I don't think that's the point of organization, nor is that what I tell people, you know, why we're doing this process or what my, what I'm hoping to give to them, you know, after going through organizing with us, um, an area in their home. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's, I, I also agree that it's not something that happens overnight. It doesn't happen quickly. Um, after I read the life-changing magic of tidying up Marie Kondo's first book, and she was pretty clear, and it's been a few years, so I might be wrong on this, but she said that you tidy your house once and you're done, mm-hmm. which I, yeah. I just feel like is not not real life for me. Yeah, I mean, it's I, like, I'm just like, I, what do you mean? Um, where do you live? Like, yes, <laughs> not in not where we are. No, yeah. I think um, you know, as I'm a mom of identical twins, they're almost eleven, and I work full time. My husband works full time. We have a, we have a new puppy. We have a busy household, and I think most people have a busy household. I don't run into many people that are like, oh, I'm just sitting you know, doing nothing all day. And I can just spend that time organizing. I don't think that organizing is necessarily a one-time event in that you do it once and you're done. Um, I think that there are changes that happen in your family and you have to, you know, kind of go with those changes. I don't think that there needs to be a big event every time something changes. However, and then you could, I could agree with Marie Kondo there and say it could happen once. However, I think there needs to be changes and smaller organizing sessions throughout those years of living in your house, you know, needs change. You get lacrosse sticks and then your kids don't play lacrosse, you know, three years later, or your kids are growing out of their clothes. Obviously there needs to be a decluttering of things that don't fit you anymore, or you're, you've moved and you're moving into a smaller place. So there's going to be a decluttering there. You're changing houses. There are circumstances I think in life that, you know, allow you to have those, uh, organizing bigger organizing sessions rather than, you know, just the smaller everyday tweaks. Um, if that's a long, a long roundabout way of saying I agree, but kind of not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I, we moved, we, a year and a half ago, we moved from Texas to New York and my kids were born in Texas. So Mm -hmm. we hadn't, my kids had never owned winter jackets or boots Mm -hmm. or snow pants or anything like that until we moved to New York. And in Texas, I didn't really feel like it was that overwhelming dealing with this change of seasons and clothing. But I, it feels like a lot here. Like there's just a lot of the switching of the stuff and going through the drawers, especially for the kids, because now not only are they growing out of stuff, but seasons are changing and they yes. have to, the stuff in the drawers needs to be shifted along with it. Yes. And it, it just, it feels like a constant process with switching seasons and that sort of thing. Do you have any suggestions on that? I mean, now that we're in the middle of winter, I feel like we've got all the winter stuff out and about like, how do you suggest people keep their seasonal gear 
Yes, I think um, it depends on the space that you have, but I'm a big believer in if you don't have the space, let's say you have one hallway closet, for example, and everyone's stuff needs to be in there for all seasons. I am a big fan of doing a seasonal switch out. So putting the stuff right now would be gloves, mittens, hats, scarves, that kind of stuff accessible for the kids, you know, whether that's on the back of the door and, you know, on the bottom of the door, or you have a hanging sweater bag, which attaches to the one bar, you know, in your closet where it, it goes vertically down and everyone can access their stuff. It's doing that seasonal switch out so that the stuff that's in front of you is not the stuff that you're not using. So right now I wouldn't have goggles, suntan lotion, you know, pool towels kind of thing, but I would have the stuff that you're actually using on that term basis. And you have to schedule it because life is going to get in the way. No one wants to stop to do this, but if you schedule it, just like you schedule a doctor's appointment, which I know no one really wants to go to, but you feel that much better after you've gone. If you schedule your organizing, I think it'll help you stick to that. Okay. Now we're going to, you know, turn over the, the hall closet for winter. And this is back in, you know, whatever it is, October, November, um, so that you have and make space for the things you're actually going to be using. Right. And it needs to happen at the beginning of the season, more or less. And I find that I have the shoulder seasons are probably the hardest time for us when we go back and forth between the warm days and the cool days. And so I kind of have been keeping the gear that's about to be put away in a bin, a plastic bin next to the dresser. So Mm -hmm. I can grab something if I need it. Um, But I don't know if that's a great solution either. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, it depends on your space and how often you're going to go to that bin, you know, versus not. But I think, again, if you can, it's the in-between seasons. I think you're right where you're like, I don't really need the mittens yet, but it's December and, you know, winter's coming later this year, whatever it is. It's trying to figure out where exactly that stuff goes so it is accessible the minute you need to do it. Because again, you're going to keep working, your kids are going to keep going to school. So when are you going to take time to pause to get it out and and set up that system so that people use it? Because I think what uh, is the problem with is their system is actually not set up. So then winter comes and you're like, oh, well, I don't have room for it. So it's making a space for everything. And what's the system for putting it back? So the kids come home from you know school, they're in their winter boots, they have their gloves or mittens, where does all that stuff go? Um, and then if you get something for over the holidays, for example, where is that new stuff going? And is there something that is coming out like a one thing in one thing out because you need to make room for the new stuff? I think it's the not being able to declutter is when people get into trouble um, and not having a system, you know, for it. Right. And having a place when you're done with things where to take them, yes. to donate them, yes. or to sell them and that sort of thing. Yep. And I found when we lived in Texas, we had a lot of Facebook groups that we could easily sell things on. It was really easy to declutter the things, especially the things that still had value mm-hmm. that I didn't necessarily feel like I wanted to donate, but yet I wanted to sell to buy something else in exchange for it. That was easier in Texas. And here we don't have that network set up yet. Yeah. So it makes it a little bit more complicated. And I found myself holding on to stuff longer than I want to because I don't know what to do with it. And I don't necessarily want to donate it. I feel like I could put this on eBay, but then I never put it on eBay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. I, yeah, there's a, it, I always tell people if you can evaluate your options and think about your time because your time is precious, you know, for eBay, for example, you can make money, but you know that you're going to have to spend some time photographing, measuring all that kind of stuff. So what is your time worth it to you? If you have some high ticket value items, then obviously I think that would be a good choice, but then evaluating if you have a few smaller items, is it worth your time? Can you do Craigslist? Can you do Poshmark? I mean, there's tons of different options out there. Can you, you know, put it into a bag and sell it? Do you just donate it? What's, what's more beneficial to you? And it might be different, you know, for you at different periods of time in your life. 
um, you know, what that answer is. Okay. That's good advice. So you mentioned scheduling this and to prioritize it. Now, do you have any, any types of particular schedules? Like, I mean, you go to the dentist twice a year. Is there like, you have four times a year seasonal cleanouts or do you have any specific schedule or do you find that it's better just to look at the person and the family individually to find the solution? Yeah. So I, I have two kids. And so we're basically on a school calendar is when we do our organizing. So I'll take, for example, we just came through the holidays into the new year. So we had a winter break and we're decluttering because a lot came in over the holidays. And so I think that's a great time. Uh, birthdays are a good times to declutter with kids because again a lot more coming in you have the end of the school year um before that you even have spring break spring cleaning so that's a good time to open the windows that's the time to do your seasonal switch out you know your the clothes are coming out that are more for summer and spring i think spring organizing then at the end of the year you've got a ton of papers that have come home lunch boxes that need to be cleaned out and you know stored or not stored backpacks that kind of stuff then i think there's a we're getting ready for school sort of thing end of the uh August into September and so then that was kind of our family's uh time for you know organizing. Uh I think everyone is different and it's when you have time also to do it. And so again, you might have some weekends that are more free than others uh to schedule the organizing, but I tell people schedule it. Don't schedule the entire weekend we're going to clean out the garage and you've been in your garage, you know, for 15 years in that house. Think about it in chunks uh, and take breaks, give yourself rewards, put music on, but I think people have to realize that after an hour of organizing, you're going to have a lot of to-dos left. You're going to have to put things in the trash, you're going to have donation, you're going to have things going to different, you know, places for maybe consignment, but there's a lot of to-dos after that hour of organizing that need to be accomplished because a lot of people just plow through it. And then it gets back to the same point because they haven't kind of finished the task. Um, And I don't want people to feel overwhelmed, overwhelming, because it is very overwhelming. If you look, you know, at a garage, for example, um, after 15 years of not organizing it. Right. It can just be especially overwhelming when you're getting started. For sure. So kind of a little bit off topic, yeah. but you're talking about organizing your own home and how you do it. This is such a random question, but I have to ask. <laughs> so when people come over to your house, friends and family, do they ask to see they your closets? They do. Uh, which, yeah, that happens yeah, to me all yeah. the time. And I think it's so fascinating. Yes. I mean, uh, we just had a few cousins in town, I think it was over Thanksgiving and um, a few of them hadn't seen my house and they're like, can we see your house? I said, of course you can see my house. And then they're like, well, can we open the closets? <laughs> um, so yes, they open <laughs> yeah. the closets. Um, and And I'm kind of, you know, used to it, but I tell people I don't live in a porcelain house where it's glass and, you know, nothing's out of place. I live in a realistic house. It is organized, but it is not always neat. And I like to tell people there is an absolute difference for me, uh, for with being neat and being organized, because I think you can always be organized, but you live in your house. There's dirt that comes along. Things get out of place. That's just living. And the difference is, you know, my piles not be, might, might not be straight. However, there's a place to put something back. So my kids play a game. There's a place to put the game back. Um, if we, if someone came over and said they were popping by in 10 minutes, I could throw things into the places they need to be because there's always a spot for everything. However, it is not always in that spot, if that makes sense. 
It totally makes sense. And I actually had someone oh, I don't, a couple months ago ask, how do you always, it was via Instagram. Someone asked, how do you always keep your house so tidy? And I said, you know, I am sorry if I have given <laughs> you that impression because my house is certainly not always tidy because we don't have a lot of stuff. It makes it easy to put things away. So we can tidy it up yes. very quickly. But at the same time, it's a very active, actively used space. And I have kids here and we're home most of the day and I work from home and there's just stuff everywhere. I mean, it's certainly not Instagram worthy all the time or even most of the time. Yeah, for that I matter. think, you know, I personally don't want to spend three hours a day, an hour a day cleaning up my house. I mean, those things happen on occasion where bombs go off, you know, and, and it's dirtier than normal or unorganized. However, I want to live. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to work. I want to be with my kids, my husband. Um, so I do simple solutions that everyone in our household can contribute to. And my kids are 11, almost 11. They can contribute to a lot. Um, you know, and even at two, they could do certain things that, you know, I, I always did something that was at their level um, of them as a child because they need to be contributing because organization for us is a way of life. It's not just, okay, mom is doing this, dad is doing this. Um, it's a way of life for our family. Right. And I am in total agreement with that. I love making our home kid accessible because it actually makes my yes. life easier because they yeah. can do things for themselves. And especially I have a two-year-old and I can tell you for sure that with both of my kids, I've seen a lot less tantrums as a result of having things mm. child-friendly because they get frustrated when they can't do things for themselves because they yes. want to be independent. So if there's a barrier in the way, like something's up too high or you tell them they're not allowed to use it when really it wouldn't hurt anything if they could use it, um, I think that whenever we can make our homes child-friendly rather than child-proof, we, yes. we have happier kids yes. as a result for sure. I like that. I agree. So when uh, I know that when I first started decluttering and moving towards minimalism, I had all these empty bins because I had made like a million trips to the container store trying to get organized. And when I had too much stuff and I would organize all the stuff and it'd look great for like five minutes and then it would be a crazy mess. So what do you see this a lot that people have a lot of bins from making these efforts or do you like to reuse the bins or rehome the bins? What's your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, we are at the container store in the DC area every other day, um, if not every day for clients. And I always go in there and I'm always wondering like, what are all these people organizing? Um, because, you know, do they have a list when they go in there or are they just saying, I'm just, need to organize X, Y, and Z. I think we are in a culture where we overbuy all the time, including bins or storage, you know, boxes and things like that, because we want to put everything into a box, make it look pretty. And then we think we're organized. But in actuality, when we work with clients, we always do a decluttering process. Even if, you know, a fourth of the stuff comes out or an eighth of the stuff, it's not going to be the same as when we started, because uh, we want to, you know, think about what we're storing first. Um, then on top of that, we would create a system and then we're going to layer in a bin or, you know, a storage uh, box of some sort. But that's the last step. And that's more for keeping things aesthetically looking good. Um, and I like to reuse what people have first. Um, and cause I think a lot of people have actually what they need a lot of the times, or there's someone who says, I want to redo this look. I hate Brown, you know, now I'm into black or acrylic or something like that, or, you know, uh, wood or something. Um, so we'll start completely over and then I'm trying to reuse and repurpose those bins somewhere else. Um, but I'm a big believer in using what you have first. Things do not have to be expensive. You know, I think, 
I, we did a junk drawer the other day and someone's like, oh, I have to go out and buy the things from the container store or Target. And I'm like, you know what? Do you have Ziploc, you know, uh, container? She's like, I do. We use Ziploc containers. We use an Apple, uh, the box to her phone, all that kind of stuff. And voila, she had, you know, an organized junk drawer. Uh, and it didn't cost her any money because she had everything, you know, in her house. So I think that also prohibits people or people think I need to buy all these bins and pretty looking things where in act- and spend all this money where in actuality, I don't think you'd do. Uh, and you can have just the same organized space. Right. And sometimes I just like using the plastic bins that have lids because you can yes. see through them, especially yes. for closets and that kind of thing. It really doesn't need to be fancy. I mean, those things you can get them at Walmart or Target and every place, cheap. Costco. Yep. Every place sells bins. <laughs> right. So the secret to good organization is not having the right bins. Uh, the secret to organization is creating a system that works for you and then I think layering on the bins um, because it's not about the bins when we get down to it. It's actually about the system that we put into place that you can upkeep, you know, all the time. Got it. Do you find that since there's been so much about minimalism in the news recently that clients are asking for more decluttering rather than just organizing? So one more open to getting rid of things. Do you think that's changing at all? Um, I see a small shift. We There's a new show out um, that you just had. I think you were talking about her book, uh, Marie Kondo's book. Uh, and so there's been a lot of talk, I think, recently. But I think for most of my clients, usually when someone calls me, they've hit a wall. And that is I can't you know, find what I need in the morning in my closet. My basement's completely um, overrun with things. We can't park in our garage. They've kind of hit a wall of there's a reason why I'm reaching out. And so that, again, is the emotional impact of that physical clutter. I don't know if that's shifting. I haven't seen it so much shifting yet um, with people talking about minimalism. People, a lot of times people will say, I can't get rid of this. You know, you're going to make me wear three pieces of clothing, (laughs) you know, for the whole season. And um, I tell them, you don't need to be a minimalistic to minimalism person following that to actually declutter. Um, but I do remind them that there's only seven days in a week, talk to them further about what they're wearing, what they're keeping um, and why they're keeping it and talk them through it. Uh, you know, but it, I think time will tell um, if this is having any further impact on us. I think the time of year, you know, uh, being in January, people, feel a little bogged down with everything that's come over through the holidays. So that's a great time. That's what I keep hearing is we just got through the holidays. I need to declutter. Um, I want to start the new year on a good foot. Um, But we'll see about, you know, the minimalism trend, I think in general. Do you find that this is a busy time of the year for you then? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. We're booked several months uh, already into 2019 because it started back in December. I think people wanted to get ready for the holidays and then get through the holidays and start the year off, you know, on a right, on their, on a good foot. So Rachel, do you feel like people have an unrealistic view of what this organized space should look like? Has Pinterest just completely poisoned our brains to think that our closets should be these stark white spaces with perfectly arranged bins and the hangers all spread like six inches apart? Yes. (laughs) Uh, And the short answer. I mean, I think Pinterest is wonderful. Everyone goes on there for inspiration and to look at beautiful closets like you talked about, which I think is wonderful because it can give you ideas on what you might want to have your closet look like. The problem is a lot of those closets that you see on there are not realistic. You know, people have actual stuff. Um, It takes time to put the hangers 
hangers six inches apart, which is a great maybe starting point or something that you want to aim towards, but it takes a lot of time and effort and not as much stuff to get those Pinterest worthy closets. So I like to tell people you can have an organized closet, you can have something that looks semi Pinteresty, um, but you have to put in the work to get there. And I don't want people to spend hours and hours upon, you know, hours every day to try to make it look like that. I think people just need to be realistic with what they have, what they're keeping, you know, the decluttering process, and then the aesthetic afterwards with their closet. So even once you get it to the point, like if you do get it to the point where it looks like this idealized version of what you think a closet or a space should look like, keeping it that way, I think that is such a struggle. I know for me, like I don't really have a problem organizing things, but keeping them organized is where it becomes difficult. Yes. I think people need to think about the after, right? There is obviously the before or the after, but then what comes after the after? You know, the systems need to be able to be very simple that you can actually keep them up. So do you have a standard? appointment with yourself to go through, you know, maybe it's four times a year, a few times a um, every few months to go through and say, okay, are the systems working? Are we keeping up with it? If not, what can we tweak? Um, because stuff continues to come in, we continue to get paper, mail, you know, new electronics, all the wires, stuff, clothing, um, seasons change, kids grow, interests change. So there's always going to be new things coming in. So what's the system to uh, keep it up and keep that motivation going and have your space be organized. Cause I think we talked about it before. I think organized is not this one time event and then you're quote unquote organized. It's a way of life. Um, so that doesn't mean that I spend hours upon hours organizing every day, but I do some deep cleaning, some deep organizing when I know the systems aren't working for us. But then along the way, um, for example, you know, during springtime or during the fall, when the kids go back to school, there are these longer moments of organization that I do with my family. So do you feel like certain people are inclined to keep up with more complex systems than others? Because I feel like I just, I it has to be really simple for me to keep it up. Yes, I think... Um, you know, some people love, like you talked about Pinterest before, some people love color coding. So I think for some people that takes a lot longer to do than it is more, you know, just rolls off people's heads for others. So I think picking the system that works for you, I always think simpler is better. Um, if the end result is color coding, great. But if you can't keep it up, then it's not worth it. Then the point of organizing it in that color order, for example, is is worthless and you're spending too long doing it. So you're going to be frustrated. And then the end, push it off to the side and the organization system, you know, goes down the rabbit hole. Right. And I, I mean, I just have a hard time putting things away. I've gotten a lot better over the years and having less stuff has certainly helped with the chaos so much. But I think about like, whenever I need chapstick, if I ask my husband, he's very much an organized, put things exactly where they should be. Lots of spaces, lots of pockets. Um, and when I ask him where the chapstick is, can I use your chapstick? He'll tell me, you know, it's in the top second slot in the in my work bag and he knows exactly where it is and I'll be like it's in my purse <laughs> and my purse is kind of like this bottomless pit right. stuff that it has all these pockets but I don't put things into the pockets but for me it works like I know that my chapstick's in there I just have to dig around for a second to find it mm -hmm. um but my husband is very much he knows exactly which pockets it's going to be in and it always ends up back in that specific pocket and i kind of feel like this is a personality difference yes. do you think so i agree i don't think everyone's systems are the same you know i've been doing this for almost 11 years and i go into you know hundreds and thousands of homes 
people do not organize the same, not people don't use the same products, their brains don't work the same, just like you and your husband have different places for your chopsticks or your recall. Everyone is like that. I don't think one person's system is absolutely the same there. We can start maybe at the similar points, but you're going to have people are, you know, more attention to detail, less attention to detail, more into color, not into color, physical, you know, everyone is different and how they are wired. So I think one system is not always the same. And I think when working with couples, for example, you have to give and take from each personality type and how they're going to keep it up and come to a happy medium. Otherwise, it's, you know, mom doing all this, for example, dad doing this, kids doing this, and it doesn't work um, because you want to find a a happy medium, which is hard sometimes um, because there are so many different personalities in the household. Yes, I totally get that completely. So this has all been really helpful. Can you tell me a little bit more about the class that you have online that's accessible all over the world? Yes. Um, So a lot of people have asked to work with us. And obviously, we're based in the Washington, D.C. area. And I can't work with everyone, but I want to be able to work with everyone. And so what we did was put together a class, which is online, and it takes you through every single area of your home and how to get it organized. And so this is something that someone can do on their own time. It's very simple, easy to manage steps, because I'm like you, I think simpler is better. Um, And it's written in a way that it's not a very long book that's going to end up on your, you know, uh, house, uh, household bookshelf as clutter. It's a video series. Um, there are some worksheets, but it's very quick and short. So they're actionable steps that you can put into place, you know, as soon as you take the course and it's online and wanted to give everyone a discount code for the new year, which can be new year, um, all capitalized for 10% off anyone who wants to take the course online. I should also mention, forgot, um, there are some wonderful charts in the back, which tells you how long to keep your makeup, how long to keep your paper, food, a few other things. I'm going to schedule for organizing through the year because I think people, those are the big pain points for a lot of people, paper, makeup, and uh, paper going forward. Great. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to put those links in the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 142. And I appreciate your time today, Rachel. Thank thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have questions or comments or want links to what Rachel and I talked about today, go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 142. And as always, thank you for tuning in. And when you have a moment, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a rating or review in iTunes. That helps this show to reach more people. Have a good one.